1: It's the Autosport podcast. We talk about Williams's new Formula 1 signing Lance Stroll and look ahead to the Macau Grand Prix. The 63rd Macau Grand Prix, which will be held on November the 17th to the 20th, is fast approaching. It's not only the blue ribbon race for Formula 3, but also one of the best races on the motorsport calendar of all levels. So we decided it was well worth its own preview podcast. My name is Ed Straw, the Editor-in-Chief of Autosport, and I'm joined by two people who know more than most about Formula 3, and certainly more than me. Firstly, we have Autosport Magazine Deputy Editor Marcus Simmons, um, also the author of our fine introduction music for this podcast. How long have you been going to Macau, Marcus? Um, it's, this is actually
3: only going to be my sixth visit. People think I've been going much longer than I have. Do you just go yeah. once and stay? <laughs> Tempting, no, but
1: uh, it's, it's a fantastic event, really looking forward to it. And because this podcast isn't only about journalists, we also have one of the drivers who will be competing at Macau this year. In fact, one of the drivers who will be, who will be probably right up there based on his form this year. Vadamas Fort Racing's Callum Aylett. Now, Callum, you've had a very good year in Formula Three. You've won twice finished sixth in the championship, so are you looking forward to going to Macau with a, a very real shot of being right up there fighting for victory?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think it will be a good one this year. Um, I've got the speed, so um, hopefully if I just keep it on the track, which is the main goal of Macau, it should be a good one.
1: Yeah, many many have failed when it comes to that. <laughs> Just want to start in a slightly unexpected direction and actually talk about a driver who isn't going to be there. Uh, Lance Stroll, he's in the news, newly confirmed as a Williams driver. He won 14 times in 30 races on his way to the title, so he's got plenty of ability as well as his uh, much publicised cash. So, Callum, you've shared the podium with him. You've, uh, I think, he was second to you at Red Bull Ring uh, this year, so you, you know how to beat him as well. So, what are your impressions of him as a as a rival? How, how good is is Lance Stroll?
2: Oh, well, yeah, he's a really, really good guy. Um, and he's deserved of his F1 place, I think, uh, for next year. He's, yeah, been up there this year. I think, well, with the 14 wins, he's definitely showed that he's got some talent. Um, and I'd say he's, well, after winning the championship, he is the best this year in Formula 3. Um, and yeah, with, with, uh, the, Placing Williams already, he was was the one for it. And I think with the maturity as well, although he's only two weeks older than me, he's probably a bit more mature than I am and um, quite a few others. And I think also his work ethic as well is what makes him stand out, I guess, to the crowd.
1: Obviously, Marcus, you've
2: covered Stroll's F3 career. You've written in the past about how
1: good he is, why he's worthy of his place in F1. So why why are the people who are saying that He's bought his way, and he doesn't deserve to be there. Wrong, basically.
3: Well, yeah, I think um, I think it's a, a natural human instinct to um, to be slightly jealous of people who do have the cash. But um, you know, having cash and having ability aren't mutually exclusive. As um, a, uh, let's face it, most people aren't going to get even to the Formula Three level of the sport unless they have a strong element of wealth in their family. And um, Stroll's got more than most. Yeah, but. As Callum said, he's he works extremely hard at it and he's made absolutely the best of all the opportunities that that's given him and, um, and he's performed really, really well. And what I really enjoyed was it was quite a methodical way that he went to the championship. Um, but then once he clinched it and the pressure was off, we really saw him driving brilliantly over the last few races and, and that to
2: me, was a real standout of the year and enjoyable to watch. I think, to be fair as well, the money helps. He put himself in the best place for him, but the difference is he did the job. So I think even though he put himself in the best place, he did the job, which is where he is now and made him where he is. So I think, to be fair, yeah, doing the job is completely different to having the money, so fair play.
1: I guess, as as Lance himself has said, there's super license points in place. You've got to get the super license points to be allowed to race in Formula One now. He's won an F4, he's won an F3, so you can't really begrudge him that. Like you say, he's the money, if you like, has created the opportunity, but you have to make the most of it, don't you? Exactly.
3: I think um, you were teammates with him in karting, weren't you, Callum?
2: Yeah, back in 2012 and I think 2013, yeah, we we raced together in the same categories. No he was he was good then i i didn't I was really quite young then, so I didn't have the same sort of understanding of things and um as I do now, but yeah, I got along with him quite well um yeah, we had some good races then, and we had some good races now
1: What's he like as a character? What should Formula One fans be expecting from from him?
2: I think he's portrayed of course with the wealth, it's quite difficult to be portrayed be portrayed as how you want to be um but he's really quite down to earth and nice. Takes his time with you if you were to speak to him and he didn't know you. And I, I think he's generally a nice guy. And the wealth doesn't help with that. If 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 something isn't going your way, and it, it can be used against you in a way. But I think to be fair, like this year, he's dealt with a lot of things quite well, and uh, he is generally quite a good guy.
1: Now, I have, I have one bone to pick with Lance Stroll. And that's, looking at the Macau entry list, I see car number one doesn't have him in it. Now, if you've got theoretically infinite money to spend, you've won F3 European title, surely you want to go to Macau and win it. He's he's not going to be there, which I think is a real shame.
2: Well, he went last year, and I think, to be fair, um, well, he was announced uh, the other day of being in Williams, and it was coming for a long time. I think it wasn't the best-kept secret in the world, but, um, yeah, he he obviously... um, had his priorities I mean it's a shame that he misses out on probably the best race of car racing in a way except for Le Mans maybe but um yeah I think to be fair it's a shame but if he has his priorities he has his priorities
3: yeah I mean one of the one of the people around him told me that yeah he was he was more disappointed than anybody that he wasn't going to be able to go to Macau this year um I think it's one of those races that once you've done it, it it hooks you in and to to go there and crown your championship year by hopefully doing well in Macau as well would be, from a personal perspective, would have been great for him. But Formula One, we don't really know what he's been told or what he has to do. Um, So these, these things count against that sometimes. And we've seen it in the past with some drivers as well. Luckily, with Max Verstappen, a couple of years ago, he was he was okay to go to Macau with uh, with Toro Rosso, blessing. But uh, but unfortunately, Lance
1: couldn't do it. I guess the positive thing is it it's an interesting lineup for the race. We've got Felix Rosenquist back. He's won the last two years. He's back with pramer the team that he won last year with, in place of Stroll. So I guess on on one hand, you look at him and you say, well, he's got to be favourite. He's won twice. He's with the best team, well, or theoretically the best team. But, of course, he hasn't been racing in F3 this year. He's been doing other stuff, Indy Lights, GT Racing, cropped up in DTM as well. So what do we think about him? Is is he the favourite because of that record, or is he an outsider because he's just dropping back in?
2: Um, Well, I think in terms of results and that, he's obviously the favourite. He's got the highest probability, should we say, of having a good result. But, like anything, from coming back, from doing something different, it takes a bit of time, so... Um, whether he gets there in time for qualifying or in time straight away for free practice. It sort of uh, depends, really. But um, there are other guys as well, like Trincadella. He was strong last year. He was second in qualifying and unfortunately had a little collision um, in race one, which stopped him from getting on the podium. But, um, yeah, there's plenty of guys who are coming back and returning.
1: You've got Rosenkrist at Prima. Young at high tech, as you've just mentioned, and also uh, you've got Antonio Felix da Costa at Carlin, as well as Alexander Sims at Double R. These are all guys with illustrious F3 records coming back into it who are all on paper going to be up there, which actually for me makes the race kind of special. You've got kind of the, the best of Formula Three and some of the worst of Formula Three for the year, I guess, with a few of the back markers that are in there. I won't name any names, but you've also got these other drivers who can drop back in and People who follow them in other championships can look and see how they're getting on. So it's great to have have these there. So of those, of those, what you might call the returning drivers, talked a little bit about Rosenqvist. Who who else are we excited about?
2: Well, I think so. Again, Trincadella he's had a had a good race. Well, didn't have the best of races last year, but had a good qualifying. I think he should be strong. Um, the one person is De Costa that I'm, I don't know because, of course, he hasn't driven F three for a while, they had their first test um, at Red Bull Ring for him uh, a couple of days ago but uh, you don't really know until he turns up for the race to be fair, but judging by his previous Macau visits, he's obviously quite strong and good there um, and of course Sims, he's always always up there when he does it, so they're all strong guys and it just depends who gets the better of each other
3: Yeah, well, what was impressive about DaCosta Costa for me was that okay, he won it in 2012, um, when actually he was coming back to F3 that year because he'd been racing in GP3 and Formula Renault 3.5 during the season. and then, um, But the year after, um, he was a very, very late call-up to replace uh, Danny Kvyat because uh, Kvyat was supposed to be doing Macau with Carlin and then uh, got announced as the new Toro Rosso F1 driver. And uh, that must have been really, really dark times for Da Costa because he was expected to get that drive all the way along. But he um, he picked himself up, um, headed off to Macau with Carlin, something that a few weeks earlier he would have had no idea he was going to be doing. He would have been expecting to be uh, preparing for his debut F1 season and um, finished a strong second to, to Alex Lynn, having not, not raced all year um obviously we're now talking about a 3 year period rather than just a 1 year period but but i found that um pretty impressive and and uh yeah it as callum says it might might take a little bit longer to get back into the groove but um but he should he should be there uh, reasonably quickly
1: how easy is it to jump into an f3 car you know these are specialised bits of kit against drivers who've been in the cars all year and really know what they're doing so no matter how good you are i guess to just be able to jump into it with a little bit of preparation and then go to a track like Macau where there's zero room per hour and often you can be forced into a bad situation through no, uh, through no fault of your own. Mm. You know, how, how hard is that going to be?
2: Um, well, F3s, for example, I, I jumped straight from karting to F3. So from no previous car experience, I went into F3 and actually my pace straight away was quite good, but... It's actually the last bit of finding the little bits of time using the downforce and that, which is really quite um, unique to F3, I think, um, and and really finding the most out of the tyres, um, which will also be difficult in Macau because we go to Prelys and we've been on Yokama for the last 62 years, something like that. So that that will be a fresh start for everyone. So actually it makes it a little bit easier to find that extra bit because everyone's starting from the same point anyway so I think to be fair everyone builds up at a really quite slow pace anyway so we'll build up at the same pace and it should be quite easy but it is Macau and it's also quite difficult
1: I guess you've got to rely on a bit of luck to get some clear laps and yeah. red flags and yellow flags not to not to get in the way so that'll be an interesting challenge so well, let's start working our way through the entry list we talked a little bit about some of the the big names I guess who are, who are coming back into it Primer have got three cars. Felix Rosenqvist we briefly discussed. Maxi Gunter second in the mm. European Championship, and also Nick Cassidy, who obviously had a, a decent year in European F three. He's been on the podium at Macau in the past, so we're considering Rosenqvist to be in the hunt. I guess all three of these are, are serious contenders, aren't they? Yeah,
3: I'd say I'd say definitely. Um, Mac-
1: Maxi's got the the hardest job
3: because um, he's never been to Macau before, um, but uh, he's got some fantastic experience. Around him, uh, with Rosenfist and Cassidy, to learn from. So, uh, so I think, yeah, he won't take long until he's up to speed, and he's um, he seems to be quite a fearless driver anyway, uh, which can can obviously work both ways in Macau. Um, but I don't I don't think he'll be uh, too afraid of it, and, and he's a he's a quick guy, so he should be up there. Um, and obviously Cassidy has um has been there um a couple of times now already and finished on the podium with T-Sport in 2014 and that really was the launch of his career to where he is now
1: and that was um, a fantastic drive wasn't it? it really trimmed out and you look like you're watching and thinking He's going to be in the wall soon and he just wasn't. Well, he, it was, a well, he drive. was. He
3: was touching the wall a few times, but <laughs> oh, that's to be expected. In McHale, yeah. The There's a difference between touching um, yeah, and in the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: But uh, yeah, that was that
3: was the, uh, the the drive that made his career really. And that now, now here he is. He's had a season in European F three, but also as a GT professional in Japan with uh,
1: with Lexus and Toyota. And um, but he'll he'll definitely be strong as well. And are they let off the leash a little bit without Lance Stroll there? Obviously, it's a it's Lance Joel's team. He's not going to be there this time, so it's it's all better off, really, for them, isn't
2: it? Yeah, well, I think so. But it's also Lance was always going to be strong if he did this race as well. So I think to be fair for Maxi, he'll be chasing Felix um, and Nick as well. Um, but yeah, it's all to play for, us, I guess. It's anyone can win it. It's 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 one of those races that is like the city. You gamble, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's what it's all about in Macau, isn't it? And then the next team we've got is the, the Max racing team from Japan. The obvious standout driver there is, is Jan Mardenborough, who uh, finished second in the championship and had a good season, obviously winning races over there. They've also got Daiki Sasaki, who won a few races before, I think dropping out of F3. So he's obviously, obviously a quick driver. And uh, and Yi Hong Lee, oh. who has uh, made less of an impression, shall we say, he came in, came in later the season we've seen some japanese teams that have sometimes been ignored a little bit by the western world should we say do well at macau in the past so are these are these guys to be taken seriously as as kind of outside contenders or are they right up there among the group of favorites i i, I would say it's a, it's
3: kind of halfway between cuz um bmax are regulars in macau now but this is the first year they've had the volkswagen engine mm. um and um that that is going to be much to their benefit in in macau um having said that they've got um three drivers who've never been to Macau before because um although Jan Mardenborough did a season in European F3 in 2013 he never went to Macau that year um which was uh disappointing for him at the time but um but I think he's going with a decent chance of doing well I wouldn't necessarily say he's he's a, he's going to get onto the podium although I wouldn't be shocked if he does um but uh yeah he's got a chance at a good result Suzaki actually he's He's a Super GT regular now, but he does make the occasional outing in F3, and he has won races this year with B-Max, although he's only done a couple of rounds. But, but he hasn't he's, been in the car for a
1: while, has he? Well, not, not to race, anyway.
3: No, not since um, earlier in the year, and he's never been to Macau either. And and Yi Hong Lee is uh, he's, he's a Chinese guy, raced in Japanese Formula 3, and he's done Euro Formula Open this year, but yeah, his, his best bet, really, is to uh, learn from his... Um, more established teammates, really.
2: Yeah, well, I think, to be fair, the thing that, um, for example, Cassidy had last year was, he was with Tom's, the team he ran with in Japanese F3, which he won with, uh, won the championship with. Uh, They were sort of let down by the engine, I think. And so it'll be interesting to see a team with the same engines we have come and maybe challenge us this time, I guess, because last year they did struggle a lot, especially in the speed traps, so... I can imagine it would be a bit easier for them this time.
1: Obviously, the, the two main engine, well, the two engine suppliers in Europe fight out most of the wins of Mercedes and Volkswagen. You're a mercedes power driver. Is, is yep. there a big difference in the performance of the engines? Where, where are they?
2: So, yeah, well, I, I did a back-to-back test of both um, at the end of last year. Um, and to be fair, it's very minimal. Um, it's a certain thing with the gear shift. The Mercedes, you can ask for the gear shift slightly earlier because it can rev to a higher, um, well, it can rev higher on, on the downshift. Um, but that is just basically it. I mean, it, it, the power difference is not really feelable. Um, yeah, it, it's really minimal.
1: And this is probably a question for Marcus. Obviously, it's not just Volkswagen and Mercedes, we've got some other power plants out there. Which uh, European fans might not be quite so familiar with so so what, what do we expect from them? Are there contenders among those those propulsion those well, contenders among those power units
3: yeah the 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 problem the problem that the um well Toyota and um Toda that are both coming from the Japanese championship the um the problem for them is that uh, the Japanese championship adopted the new regulations a year before the Europeans, so they had to get those engines homologated a year earlier so they were kind of stuck with what they had and um there were a few little tweaks that were made in that intervening year which um has made it um better for mercedes and volkswagen and and um the other um engines that we'll see in Macau as well the nbe and the Tome with um, with t sport as well were um came along a bit later so um so yeah it's um it's difficult and that's why we saw um tom's struggling last year in Macau because um they they didn't really know where they were until last year when they went with um Cassidy and Kentiyamashita Yamashita because they'd not yet had an experienced driver um around Macau but um but last year it was a struggle um they knew where they were and um the word on the street is that the the Japanese engines are going to get some concessions for next year because um we we've got three more years of these current engines and uh, hopefully um, they can manage to pull themselves up and be more competitive again next year.
1: So looking at our next raft of entries, high-tech GP, three-car entry for them, George Russell third in the European Championship this year, Daniel Uncadalla returning who's been racing in, in DTM this year who we've talked a little bit about, Nikita Mazepin who is uh, aligned with the Force India Formula One team.
2: Yeah well George Hasn't been there before. Um, but of course, he'll be doing a lot of work on the sim. Um, but he is a good driver. And I think, to be fair, if he can take to it quite easily, I think. Um, but he has got the teammate with experience. So it does make it easier for him as well. Um, I think he will definitely by the end of the weekend be a strong contender. Um, it's just does he do it in qualifying or not? And that's the main thing in Formula 3 qualifying. But with a long straight, it does make it easier to overtake. Um, but yeah, again, della, he's uh, got the experience, been there, done that sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, you've got Marzipin who I think... A punchy will... driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hard hitting, shall I say. Um, I, th- no. <laughs> I think we might need to get
1: Marcus to explain this one as an impartial witness.
3: I wasn't a witness at all. I just had second-hand information from people.
1: Oh, there's a good photo in in, in Autosport. Yes, uh, yeah. I should explain that uh, Mr Mazepin uh, got banned from uh, from one race for this year for uh, what might be described as an altercation with uh, with Callum. I don't think he was very uh, very happy with you. So uh, I'll let you not comment any more on that. But we've uh, we've forgiven him that. Uh, well, you may not have done. But um. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess coming back to the two contenders in this, what 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 do you think here, Marcus? I mean. George Russell is a is a very obvious leading yeah. contender, isn't
3: he? Yeah, he is, and and having uh, Danny and alongside him is only going to help him because he obviously has a lot of experience of Macau, um, and also, yeah, it, yeah, we shouldn't forget this is this is high tech GP's first trip to Macau, but um, but the people behind the team are all well experienced there, so so really, there's there's nothing lacking, and it's just you know, for him, yeah it's going to be the classic. Macau thing of, um, of keeping the car on the track through the first day and then um, if you're not going to keep the car on the track on the second day make sure it's right at the end of the session where you've already got a good time in um, because, um, because yeah, if George is anywhere near the front then he's going to be a massive contender um, and um, Cunca Della as well, I was, I was really impressed with him last year because um, he went there with Fortek who had had a really bad year in the European Championship um and um but they always do a really good car for Macau but he had gearbox problems in the first free practice session and hardly did a lap so not only had he not been in an f3 car for three years but he already lost the first session effectively um and then by the end of um Friday he was on the front row of the grid so so that was um that was really good um and um and actually I wouldn't I wouldn't count Mazepin out from um, putting in a respectable performance. You know, Has if, he got if, a puncher's <laughs> chance <laughs> of a victory? Here. Yeah. Well, no, no, but I mean he's he's one of those classic drivers. He's who's <clears throat> not going to be he's not going to be uh, fighting for the podium, but if he keeps it on the track, he's he's capable of finishing in the top 10 because other people won't keep it on the track. Um so so overall I think um yeah, they've got a very good chance with um Russell and Chunkadella, and uh, it'll be interesting to see um, which of those two will lead the attack, really.
1: Obviously, moving on, we've got a couple of three-bond T-Sport cars. Uh, Kenta Yamashita, again, another driver not that familiar in Europe, but the Japanese F3 champion, so we have to consider him to be a contender, and his his teammate Chang Wing Chung.
2: Well, I think, to be fair, he's uh, Kenta Yamashita, he's the Japanese Formula 3 champion, so... He's obviously not too bad, and I think with T Sport they had a good year last year. I think and the year before with Nick Cassidy, um, so the, the car's obviously not bad. And cons- it, did it, he did it with last year with uh, Tom's, didn't he?
3: he? He did it with Tom's, but he outqualified Nick Cassidy. Yeah, so he's,
2: with- <laughs> he's got some speed. So if he can just do a good job, he should be in the top ten easily.
3: He tested with T Sport at Silverstone. It was either last week or the week before. It was the first time he'd ever been to Europe. And um, the the team um, the team put him out on the track, went to watch him at Becketts, and they thought, "Blimey, this guy's really good." Um, they're really excited about running him. Um, the Tom A engine they've they've had a difficult season with, but it worked in Macau last year with Arjun Maini, and he finished in the top ten. So they're actually really, really confident um, of a. Of a good result this year with Yamashita um because he's obviously a really good driver. As you say, we don't know much about him in Europe, but um but we've seen little glimpses which suggest you know that he is a, a very talented guy. Um and um I mean Andy Chang he he um he did a bit of European Formula Three last year with Fortec. Um but he struggled because he hadn't really done any testing and he only did half a season. He's he's actually you know, he would be an okay driver if if they could get a proper winter testing programme. But yeah, he's from Macau. It's his big race and uh, yeah, he'll just want to go there and keep it on the track and get a
1: finish. And we also have a car from Tom's, Shota Boy, third in the Japanese F3 Championship, I think. Didn't win any races, but a very, very consistent contender.
3: Yeah, he was he was effectively the, the backup to Kenta Yamashita this year. It was his rookie season, um, reigning Formula 4 champion in Japan. Um, did a really, really good, consistent job. It's going to be tough for him. Um, Tom's Tom's have won this race more times than any other team in the Formula Three era. But we've already um, talked about why it's a bit of a struggle for them at the moment. It's not really any fault of the team or even the drivers. But um, and it but, has been a long time
1: since they've been able to win.
3: Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, I mean, he yeah he should be okay. Um, yeah, you know, there's no reason why um, he he can't do at least a, as good a job as Yamashita and Cassidy did with the team last year.
1: And if we just pause our run through, I think it's, it's worth having a little bit of a look at the, the race weekend format. Because obviously, it's unusual with, uh, you have a qualifying race in the main race. So perhaps, Callum, you can kind of run us through what, what drivers are doing during the weekend and, and what you need to string together to, to get a result.
2: So, uh, if we start of how it, it as a driver, you normally fly out the week before the Saturday, you get there on the Sunday. Um, Take the ferry Monday morning, something like that. Um, and, that, and, it, and
1: that's to get acclimatized, not just to enjoy Macau.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what the teams do, but yeah, the drivers get, uh, well, the teams enjoy Macau when they've got yeah, the chance. I think so. But,
3: Noor- um, normally, I bump into your team on a Tuesday night in, uh, in the bar.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think, I think they've got, um, got their favorite places to go to, but so, uh, yeah, then we go into the track. We sort of, the team starts set up, setting up in the garages. Um and then we'll walk the track maybe once or twice a day really um uh, because it's quite a difficult one. Normally things change, so this year I'll go and see if anything's changed. Um, try and pay attention to it. Um, and also the fact that there's cars or trucks, cars going around the track at the time. Half of it's a highway, half of it's like a country lane, and half of it's like a high super big highway basically so you spend a while trying to walk the track learn it um of course you have the preparation on the sim before you go to macau um but it's a big one to try and learn and it takes a while to walk as well then we get into the weekend um on the thursday uh, we have um a 40 minute practice session then into a 40 minute qualifying session on the same day then uh, we go on to Friday um, where it's basically the same format just again you've got your second free practice session then your second qualifying session so in between the two practice sessions you have your first qualifying which I think is the only race where I've seen that but it's also quite good in a way that you push yourself a little bit in or in my case quite hard in qualifying one to get a uh, sort of banker lap in, shall we say, just in case it rains or something like that for qualifying two. And so you're sort of set from qualifying one. But if it's like normal, qualifying two is when it matters. And normally everyone goes quicker then there's more rubber on the track. And that that is actually one thing which um does make a massive difference because you go out, the first practice session is so dirty. The track there's places where cars have been parked for years um where you have to go and clean up. So it does take a little while for the track to bed in and that's why we all take our time a lot because it, you can so easily hit a patch where leaves have bin and that and you lock a wheel and you're in the wall and that's, you've got to restart again. So we do take our time uh, and then we go into the qualifying race um, which the main thing is finishing the race and getting a good position as well. It's one of those races where you just don't want to mess up, just take your time make it come home because at the end of the day sunday's race is when it matters and you want to want to be on that podium so as long as it is finish in a good place and just finish the race so that's really the goal of that race make it sound so
1: simple well (laughs) yeah many curveballs can be thrown at macau though, can't
2: they yeah well i I made friends with the truck drivers last year after my um excursion should we say but yeah it it is a a complicated race i think We all take our time um, because it is it is the hardest track to drive. I mean, you're going from a massively long straight into a one car width wide country lane, uh, up through the hills, past a hospital, which some guys might visit. Um, I did a couple of years ago, (laughs) (laughs) even me last year actually. But um, yeah, it's just it it is as a weekend can be simple. But the preparation, we do umpteen days of simulator. Um, you sort of just try and get everything focused towards this race. Your mind has to be paying attention the whole time. And I think what, what most drivers will say is, um, as soon as you go out, that is when you almost get scared in a way. I think every lap, you at least have one point when you're like, oh, I could have hit the wall then. Every lap. There's one point where you say, oh, I was so close to hitting it then. So it is, in that sense, one of the most thrilling roller coaster events you can sort of have.
3: You had that qualifying session that you mentioned on Thursday afternoon last year, where you you literally went out at the start of the 40 minutes and you just drove, didn't you? Everyone else was coming into the pits for sets of tyres or whatever, but you just stayed on the track drove around all the way through, ended up second fastest on your first day in Macau. But yeah. How, how enjoyable was that as a driver just to go and do that? It must have been mega.
2: Um, well, I think, uh, so I had the Friday practice session and I, to be fair, I was doing quite all right in the Friday, in the, or no, in the Thursday practice session, sorry. Um, I was doing quite all right. And uh, at the end of that, I just made a little mistake. It was a tiny bit under braking where I just turned, locked the front left wheel. And then of course, once you go slightly wider in the wall so at, at the end of that practice session that was a bit like oh right I've sort of stuffed it a bit uh, and I think the whole team were like oh how are you gonna come back from that because you crashed it and normally people they take a while to restart and then I went into the next session and okay I'd only missed five session uh, five, five minutes of that session so I went into the qualifying a bit like okay it's a bit of a shame but I was alright, um, but they said look, just drive the whole session and keep you on the same tyres you've used in free practice um, so I drove and I just got more comfortable, more comfortable and ended up second uh, quite a way off Felix who was um, pole at that time, but yeah it was it, it is amazing once you get into a rhythm there, you sort of just completely lose yourself it's like I don't know. You could describe it to being on drugs in a way—the things, the, the way everything passes you. But uh, not that I know what drugs are like. But I'm just guessing. Um, <laughs> it's one for the testers. Yeah, it's a na- um, it's a natural high. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is it is just a, a real. To, when when you do a good lap there, you, it is a really good feeling. And then, of course, I went into um, the qualifying two the next day, and unfortunately. I was a bit too ready, and yeah, before I'd even really completed a lap, I was out. Um, but I had the confidence, and I, I've learned a lot from that. And I think this year, go in in a different mindset, and it should be a lot, lot better. It's a definition of a learning experience, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: guess we'll decide how much you learned this year, hopefully hopefully, plenty. Okay, we're getting back to the entry. Uh, we've got Motor Park up next. Joel Erickson, who had a, a strong season in... Uh, in Europe, finishing fifth in the championship, Arjun Maini, who's back in F3 after dropping out uh, mid-season and, and heading off to GP3, he's a current Chandok protege, and we've also got we've uh, also got Guanyu who who had a few a few quite big results in F3 in, in Europe this year. So that that seems to be a an interesting lineup. It seems to me quite unpredictable. You don't you know there's some potential in there. You don't really know what you're going to get.
2: Um, well, I'd say Ericsson, He's obviously. I'd say the number one in the team, but he hasn't been there before. Um, so that's going to slow him down a little bit at the start. Um, but he is a good driver and he is a quick driver. So I'm sure it shouldn't take him too long to acclimatize to it, really. Um, but Maieni is a bit of a dark horse, I'd say, because he was there last year um, and this year he in the European championship, he really struggled with T-Sport, which Halfway through the season, he pulled out to go to do, go and do GP3 with Genza, uh, I think. So, I, I think if he can do or well, do a steady job like he did last year um, at Macau, I think he should do all right. To be fair, and he could even finish top five, maybe if he's steady. I'd say. Um, and then there's Guan Yuzhou who um, yeah, he's been a bit up and down this year. But if he's in one of his arcs, he can have a good result. So, I, I I wouldn't know what to say because he hasn't been there before. But he can be good, and he can be really good at some points. So,
1: I mean, to know what you think, Marcus, about Eriksson because it, it seemed that the consistency was improving as the year as the year went on.
3: Yeah, he looked he looked good in the car right from the start. But um, as so often happens with rookies. Um, took him a little while to to get it together and qualifying on a consistent basis and he was one of the he was one of the really good racers right from the start as well and um yeah he's he's just he's just entertaining to watch and and obviously a, a really talented driver um and and i think um i think he's got a really good Macau result in him uh obviously things things can happen in Macau but i think um yeah, with the normal Progress that he's made this year, then uh, then he could be a dark horse, definitely.
1: We've also got a, a one car entry from another Japanese team, Toda Racing, Tadasuki Makino, fifth in the championship.
3: Yeah, he's he's actually um, he's actually quite an exciting talent, but I don't think we're going to see much of him in Macau because um, because he's, uh, no di- no disrespect to Toda, but um, they they've only been there once in the recent uh, in recent years, and that was a couple of years ago with a very late deal for Dan Wells who. Who um, was up against it as a massive learning experience. So, um, so th- it's going to be tough for him, but he's got a bit of he's got a bit of Honda support behind him, and he actually made his Super GT debut towards the end of the season in the big class GT500, and very nearly won it on his debut. So um, the Japanese are getting very excited about him. He's still just a teenager. Um, I'd be really interested to see him come to Europe actually, because because um, from what I've heard, he's um, he's a real prospect, and he could do really well over here.
1: Which brings us to Van Amersfoort Racing. Car 20, a certain Callum Islet. Uh, Antoine Hubert, in the other car, a, a race winner in, in European F3, although I think he was uh, eighth in the championship in the end, and a famous name in, in Pedro Piquet, who perhaps hasn't quite managed to deliver the results to live, up to live up to his illustrious name. Now, in the case of Callum Islet, who we've already established as a very good podcaster, I'm going to... Let Marcus uh, offer his judgment, and then we can let uh, maybe let Callum let's know if he thinks if he thinks it was fair. So, so what do you think? What do you think of Callum? And oh, be honest.
3: Oh, I think um, I think I think he's got um, got a very decent chance actually. Um, in the the Van Amersfoort car, always seems to be quite good around there. Um, Verstappen was was in the mix a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago until he had a, a, a crash in the qualification race. Um. Leclerc was right up there last year and um, was battling with Rosenfist for the win in the early laps of the race. So, so yeah, I mean, I know, we've 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 established already that Callum had a few scrapes with the Armco last year, but um, but it's um, it's happened before where drivers have had that in their first year in Macau and then come back the year after and done really really well. So, so I think um, yeah, everything to play for really.
1: Do you think that's fair? Do you, yeah, do you feel the fair. need to defend yourself or are no. you, you pleasantly heartwarmed by the comments?
2: Well, I can't really defend myself from last year. I had a disaster, really. Uh, I wouldn't say it was my best race. Like, it was probably my worst race weekend I've ever had, to be fair. Um but there's no denying that I have the speed. Um last year I was I think that's the first time a rookie in qualifying one has been in the top three, I think. I, I, I heard that stat some at some point but or for a while i think so I, I i was obviously quite quick but yeah i was a bit overconfident shall i say and then uh yeah it ended in the truck basically with the chinese guys um but yeah i, I think to be fair just keep it on track approach it slightly differently and it should be a good weekend to be fair and i think another example was mcleod last year sam mcleod he um the year before crashed one more time than i did i think in total and uh he came back and he was second in the race at one point unfortunately he did scrape the wool which gave him a puncture but i mean he was up there second so i can't say that that would be a bad place for me to be but yeah i hope that would be the result
1: and obviously antoine hubert he's another driver who seems to come on quite well in second half of the season seems to be stronger you know, you'll know him better than the rest of us so, so what do you make of him is he someone you're going to be keeping a, a close eye on could he could he pull out I guess it wouldn't be a surprise result given he, ha- he has one in Europe this year but he, he's not I guess among the, the sort of top half dozen that leaps out at you immediately well no I
2: think he's he's a strong driver he improved a lot this year because um, at the start he was in in testing he struggled quite a bit and then straight away um, in the races, you could see that there was improvement to be made. Uh, and by halfway through the season, he was well r- racing with me. So I, I can't say that he didn't improve at all. And he's a very smooth driver, and I think that could work at Macau. I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it could, it can, and may not work in some ways. But uh, yeah, we'll see. To be fair, he, he's very focused and generally quite good, so should be good.
1: Is there any point in talking about Pedro PK? Obviously, he had a he had a learning year as well. I guess you'd say down in nineteenth in the championship. I think he, he did have a best of sixth place, cropped up in the top ten occasionally, but he's been on a steep learning curve. So, <laughs> I guess we can we can discount him from a from a big result. But what can you tell us about him, Marcus? Has he got has he got some of the old the old PK family ability there? I just think it's far too early to say at the moment.
3: I mean the, the the best thing about him this year has been the livery on the car, um, <laughs> with the old Parmalat Brabham stripes and uh, the number five as well. So that's, that's been great. But um, yeah, well, <clears throat> it's it's a massive, massive jump from Brazilian Formula Three, which he won twice, to to European Formula Three, um, and it has been a real struggle for him. There have been a couple of moments where he's looked okay, but it's it's been it's been difficult, and um, he needs to just keep keep going in Macau to get as much mileage as he can and then get into his winter testing program and, and hopefully come back a bit stronger next year.
2: Yeah, I think to be fair, he, in testing, was actually pretty good. I remember at he was third in the f- pre-season test. So, I mean, he was strong and he sort of let us down a little bit in the races, I think, because the first few weekends he had damage in every race for the first three race weekends so sort of there was an element of consistency which needed to be uh, established but then at the end of the season he 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 was coming up through the races and I think he got into the top 10 at some points but at the start he definitely missed out on a lot of opportunities but he's also one of these guys I'd say this year has been quite a slow learner it, it's been that we've been at a race weekend And he's struggled at the race weekend, and we test the Tuesday after the race weekend, and he'll be as fast as, say, me and Antoine. So it's a bit weird in some ways, but he does have it in him. It's just when he, when can he bring it out, I guess?
1: And breaking away from our, from our run through, I just want to talk a little bit about the start of races at Macau. Obviously, you've got the, through the fast left hander, through the, Flat out right hand at Mandarin. You all charge down to Lisboa, and tradition is you all then crash. Which seems seems to be the way. So I mean, how difficult is that? Because it's obviously a a unique start. You go through the, the sort of two quick corners, it's full throttle all the way down. You're all jostling for position down into the heavy break into the Lisboa right hander. How how difficult is that? Is there a is there a start to a race anywhere? Else on the calendar like that?
2: uh, I think, to be fair, it is a drag race in a way, Um, but with slipstreaming. The one thing that does sometimes catch people out and has done in the past, I don't think it caught anyone out this year, but the Mandarin, normally flat-out corner, at the start actually sometimes isn't flat-out, and uh, a lot of the time you will just understeer if you're right behind someone. And that has caught some people out. They've hit the wall and then caused a massive crash because they've got in the way and other people have hit them.
1: I guess you never know what support racers have been dropping on the track. Yeah,
2: as well. as well, with the motorbikes and stuff like that. They also had some issues there. Um, but then you come down to Lisboa. Uh, it's heavy braking. Luckily, the track's designed so you all filter in. And if you outbreak yourself and there's no one in front of you, you can just go into the... Uh, lay-by or i don't know what you call it the escape road that's one um so we all try and filter in and normally everyone does filter in it's after where two into one just doesn't go and i think in 2014 that really showed um when one car ended up on top of the barriers uh after um two into one didn't go so i think um it is a classic one there i had that last year where um Juvenazzi, my teammate at the time and Junkadella touched Junkadella spun and uh i was too too wide at the point just coming out of lisboa and uh no I, I couldn't tell what was going on but so i just pulled out slightly um to see or what what was sort of happening and all of a sudden, the car's just stopped in front of me and I end up hitting the car in front because you can't see because it's so tight and there's a just queue of cars. But it is a tendency to always have a crash in those two corners. So you want to be up the front and try and avoid that.
1: So, so going back to the entry, Marcus, Maka Motorsport?
3: Yeah, I and mean, it's it's been a really tough season for them. Um, we shouldn't forget that, of course, they finished 1-2 in Macau in 2014 with Felix Rosenfist and Lucas Auer um but um but yeah they've had a they've had a bit of a struggle this year they've got um David Beckman, who's um really gonna be their top driver in Macau this year um he wasn't sixteen until end of April, so he couldn't even start the european f three championship this year until uh poe where he made his debut.
1: He's been on the podium um, a couple of times yeah he?
3: yeah he's i I really like watching him actually he's he's really entertaining um really good reflexes um sometimes he doesn't come round the next time because he's tried to use the reflexes too much but um but yeah I I think uh just looking at the way he's been driving this year I'd say he's somebody who wouldn't be afraid of Macau um but um yeah whether he can whether he can keep it out of the barriers for long enough I don't know um but with Mooka's record in Macau, if he can, then he should be capable of a decent result.
2: With Mooka's past experience as well and the car setup that they have, I think he should actually do quite a good job.
1: And then next up we've got Carlin, four cars for Lando Norris, Sergio Sette camara Jake Hughes and Antonio Felix da Costa. What do we think about their chances?
3: Yeah, I think um, there's quite a lot of attention on Norris. Um, he's you know, quite justifiably built quite a bit of hype around him this year. Um and um yeah he's done done a fantastic job in um in pretty much everything he's done i think um he did a sensible job on his um european f3 debut at hockenheim um it, the the ultimate qualifying pace didn't quite come to him on that occasion but the grid for the third race of the weekend is formed by the second best times in second qualifying And his second best time put him fourth in the order, less than a tenth off pole. So um, that suggests that he didn't quite get the best out of it because if your best two laps are that close then you've probably not quite got the best out of the tyres at their peak. Um, So, you know, really promising. Um, He'll he'll go to Macau without anything to lose, really. um, Other than... and, And the main target will be to gain experience for next year. But I think He's also got a very good chance of doing a good job
1: there. And Seti Kamara, who is quick, but you know he's had his moments. But he's he's an interesting driver, isn't he? he? Should be. You feel like he should be kind of up there. But what do you make of him? Obviously, Callum, he's a he's a Red Bull driver, which which he were last year and and no longer are. So, <laughs> won't dwell too much on that. So, I guess you've been keeping an eye on his progress. Uh, as your replacement, if you like. What, what do we make of him?
2: Um, well, he proved last year that he was quite quick, but he set the fastest lap time at Macau. Uh, they did come in to stop and change the tyres to new tyres, which does help. Helps a little bit, doesn't Just it? Just a little bit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they treated it as a qualifying session, but obviously he's not slow, because I think that was the quickest lap time of the weekend. So he's got the speed, um, and he didn't crash last year, so... I hope, well, for him, maybe he can replicate that again and not, not do what I did. Um, and he's with Carlin, which I know from last year had a pretty good car at Macau. Um, consistent, good job. So I think he's a strong one, to be fair. He should be, should be quite good in qualifying. In the races, sometimes he can be a bit erratic. Um, and that doesn't help uh, at Macau, I guess, if you get put under pressure and you make a small mistake you're in the wall so if he can deal with that then I guess he should be all right but do you think he's
1: gonna have a bit of added pressure is he gonna be racing for his Red Bull future do you feel
2: it's all a bit unknown really I remember last well, last year I didn't really know at the time um, what was going to happen so you can always question it but if it's going to happen it's going to happen so it depends what he adopts as his mind frame I guess
3: it's a really interesting line um, and Carlin are really excited about it. Um, I think De Costa is probably the natural leader, but as as we know, he's not been to Macau for, for three years. Um, you mentioned Jake Hughes, and what what was uh, very impressive about his um, cameo F3 appearance at Hockenheim was that, obviously, um, Lando Norris had the lion's share of the attention of the people who were going to that race for their um for their debut in F3 but but Jake was absolutely superb and um he was so smooth um looked as though he'd been you know, as far as his driving style is concerned looked as though it was perfect for F3 um and um put it on the front row for two of the races the only thing that let him down um were his starts um because he hadn't really um got any start practice in but once, um, once the races got going, he was doing some really good overtaking, um, making up places. And um, actually in Macau, it's not quite so important to make a lightning start as it is at some other circuits. Um, and in fact, it's almost uh, something that you don't want. You don't want to be leading on the run yeah, down to this You won't be first by like <laughs> the first corner. so. <laughs> Um so I think he's I think Jake's got a very good very good chance of doing well. Um and um yeah he he approached his first weekend in F three in a really good way and uh if he can just keep in that groove for for
1: Macau, there's no reason why he can't have a really good result. And next up we've got double R racing, Alexander Sims and Daniel Tictim, who's an interesting interesting case. I guess let's start with TikTok. Marcus, perhaps you can take us through his his backstory. Uh, a driver who was uh, a controversial figure, I guess, twelve months ago.
3: Yeah, well I, I wasn't really that close to it. Obviously just following it in the same way as other people were. But um yeah, he, he um he had his moment of madness at Silverstone last year behind the safety car with, with Ricky Collard. Um he's um Yeah, you know, he did the crime and he's um and he's now um, served his sentence, so you know, as far as, as, far as we're concerned, that, that's, that's out of the way. Get on with the racing. Um, and um, he has done a reasonable amount of testing with Double R this year, and, and the team are really excited about his speed. Um, Boyo Hyatt, the, the boss of Double R, thinks that if he, can, um, if he can keep it on the track, he could be in the top six um the question is whether he keeps it on the track um but again like like lando norris um he's somebody that we fully expect to do the european f3 championship next year and then we'll go to macau at the end of next year and doing it this year is um is a great way to to
1: get the mileage to um to be a full contender next season and so, Callum, double R racing. How seriously are you taking them? A, an illustrious team. They couldn't do the full season in Europe this year. They dropped in at the end of the season. Are you going to, are you looking at them as, as a serious threat or are they kind of wild cards for you that you don't really know what to expect, both from drivers and the team?
2: Well, I think they proved last year with Sims that they can do the job. And I think, okay, they didn't, they didn't do anything this year. Um, but they, they do they can do the job, I think. So, Sim's coming back, he can easily replicate his podium, I think. Um, he's obviously the strong contender and he's leading Tickton, I guess. Um, but also, Tickton, he's not going to be slow. He just needs to keep it on the track. So, I think overall as a team in speed, they should be good. Um, they've, got, they've got no issues, really, I don't think. So, yeah, overall, they should be quite good. And I'd take them as a threat because last year they were a threat to everyone, so...
1: And finally, we've got Fortek Motorsport. Two cars for the Mercedes-powered team. Sam McLeod, who was, I guess, the surprise package last year, qualifying very strongly, having a good, good result in the qualifying race, and also Ferdinand Habsburg, who was second in the the year of Formula Open Championship. You almost don't really know what to expect from this team at all.
2: Yeah, well, I think McLeod, he proved last year that he can actually have a good result uh, up until the point where he had the puncture, but he was doing a fine job till then. Um And I think Fortek... Yeah I, I don't think they've showed the true pace at Macau yet to be fair so it'll be interesting to see how they end up of course McLeod hasn't done a lot of running this year at all so it will be quite difficult as a whole package um, so that in some ways they will struggle but they may actually have a good result as well uh, and then Habsburg yeah he's finished second in Euroformula Open and it'll be good to sort of compare how that translates to European F3 and Japanese F3 put together so I think if you compare it to McLeod they overall I don't think they'll be the strongest but they will they should be up there in a way.
1: Okay well we've taken a, a good look through all the entries and we talked about some of the challenges so I'm going to ask given Macau is the is a gambling capital so to speak I'm going to ask both Marcus and Callum to put their not necessarily their money, but their reputations as shrewd observers of, of motorsport on the line, and and pick their favourite in their dark horse. Let's start with with Marcus. Who's your favourite? If you had to put, if you had to put a tenner on a, a driver right now now to win, who who would you pick? If I had to choose
3: one driver, it would have to be Felix Rosenfist. Really, um, winner in 2014 and 2015, second in 2012. So yeah, he's just got a fantastic record in Macau. He's incredibly versatile this season and um, and I think um, he's probably the favourite
1: and obviously when you're, you're picking him as favourite you're saying Callum will be second so to, <laughs> to keep Callum happy now Callum the question's slightly different for you who's favourite to finish second to you I'm not 18 yet I can't gamble sorry can't. Um, <laughs> you can do podcast hypothetical <laughs> gambling this is allowed
2: um, to be fair I think I don't know who really is going to be the number one, if you know what I mean. But I think, to be fair, there are three, the three guys returning, DaCosta, Rosenquist, and Junker Della. Um, them, they are probably the ones I would say look, they've got the most experience and are probably the best, uh, suited to have a podium and a maybe a race win as well. But they're also the most unknown. So I, I, I can't say a lot for them, but, Those three as a group, I would say, are probably the strongest. But then the guys who have competed this year, out of them as George Russell, Maxi Gunther, and uh, Joel Erickson, out of them, because none of them have been there before, I'd probably say George will be... uh, George or Joel, maybe, I think, will be the one out of them, too, I guess. And then hopefully I can be in the top five top three maybe even win if i'm lucky you
1: should be saying you'll be watching that fight with interest in your mirrors as you yeah as you yeah. cruise serenely on not hitting any of the walls
2: i try but
1: <laughs> another dark horses marcus I mean, i'm going to be quite strict on this if, if we're having any uh any very obvious people named um it's not going to go down well but you know by dark horse i'm not necessarily saying to win but but the person who if you take a look at the results in qualifying or the races you look at and think, oh, that's that's interesting. Who, who could spring a little bit of an upset? Yeah, someone someone to do like a like a Sam
3: McLeod from last year. McLeod, yeah. yeah.
1: I guess Cassidy from a few years mm. ago with his mm. with his podium. These kind of guys. Um well I've I've got a couple, if I'm allowed a couple. Spread well, like, my bets. Callum had about 37 yeah. favourites. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're allowed as, you're allowed as many. <laughs> no, you, you were being thorough and covering yourself. That, <laughs> that shows why the gambling industry isn't going to make any money out of you once you can gamble. You're too sensible. <laughs> so yeah, you can, you can have two, Marcus.
3: Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say um, Kenty Yamashita with, with T-Sport. I think um, the team are really excited about him. Um, the engine performed well in Macau last year. T-Sport... Always do a good car there, um, and he um, yeah he
1: does seem to be a
3: seem to be a talent. So he's he's one dark. Horse. I'm going to allow
1: him, even though he's done so well in Japan. I think for a, yeah. a European audience, he might be yeah. a bit of a surprise. So, so I'll, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> and um, and the other one is Jake Hughes. I think um,
3: yeah, if he can yeah he he's he's probably the most under the radar of of the Brits who are going. And um, there's um, no real reason for that. Um, because yeah, the reason because the performance he had in Hockenheim when he did his European F3 de- debut was great. Carlin really enjoyed working with him so far, and he's got the Costa in the garage as well to uh to learn from. So,
1: um, so yeah, he's he's my other one. Do you have a Do you have a dark horse, Callum? You can always just pick someone you get on well with and just be nice to them if you want. (laughs)
2: Um, To be fair, I think, again, Yamashita is one just... Because I don't know a lot about him, I haven't really studied Japanese F3, but, I mean, from what I've heard, he can... Well, obviously, this year, he's won the championship in Japan, so he's obviously quite good, and with... uh, a not too bad engine and a not too bad team I'd say he should or could have a good result um, but if I was to say from the guys I know um, I would probably say either Beckman because he's got the speed um, or Ericsson, he can do a good job so I think one of those two they'll probably be my bet say <laughs> Well, given Macau is
1: probably one of the most unpredictable races out there, we can probably safely say that all the predictions are going to be wrong. It's uh, it's not a precise art when it comes to that, and that's why this is, this is one of the unmissable races on the on the racing calendar. So thanks to Marcus Simmons uh, for joining me, and thank you and good luck to Callum Islet. You can follow all the latest news and reports from Macau on com, and there'll be an in-depth preview in Autosport magazine before the events, as well as Marcus's must-read race report the Thursday after. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another Autosport podcast.